With today's Jaldi 5, here are your hosts, Jaggu and Tarana. Welcome back to Jaldi 5, where we curate five stories for you that aren't the headlines, but we hope will enlighten and entertain you. I'm Tarana. I'm Jaggu. And once you've had a listen, we encourage you to keep them in mind for the next time you're in conversation with friends or colleagues, where you'd like to throw in something interesting, you know, that's beyond the regular stuff. Let's get you started with your five for today. Number five. If you're a single adult woman who is sick of attending family functions and being asked the same template questions like what keeps you busy, when will you settle down, don't you want children, and all of that, then you should take heed of Melissa Crocke's example. Melissa lives in New York, works with a publisher in marketing, selling children's books. She loves it there. Works in Manhattan and stays in Brooklyn with a roommate who's awesome and does not go to that tourist trap called Times Square because she's not an idiot. Her job involves marketing those children and teen books to teachers and librarians which is not repeat not the same as editing books she does not repeat not sit and read books at work however if you don't understand that difference and yet ask her to edit a book you might write on a whim in the future she will charge you her incredibly low special price of $99 an hour to do so why do we know this because based on prior experience she anticipated the questions she would be asked at a cousin's wedding and went prepared but she took her prep to a fully different level she prepared a pamphlet of the standard questions she expected to be asked by random relatives whom she hasn't met in years and others that will randomly poke their nose in her personal life and choices she covered questions like what do you do again something to do with books what's your job title do you just read books all day isn't everything crowded and expensive in new york and then of course for the persistent ones she's also printed the answers to questions like can you edit my book and do you go to times square a lot that pamphlet was titled if you must know i guess i'll have to tell you so honestly it started off as a joke with her co-workers but then she committed to it when she realized it makes sense and it would be great fun to see her relatives faces the icing on the cake besides the printed q&a the pamphlet also had a flow chart of statements followed by optional comments then followed by her responses so for example if she said i don't really meet people organically and all dating apps suck and you responded with keep your standards high she would then say oh my god thank you so much i will however if you said you should lower your standards she would respond with just like you did that brochure and flow chart they're a work of art social has responded with much joy and respect she even got offers from people who willing to pay her to create one for them and if those pamphlets do indeed stop her relatives from engaging in nonsense conversations with her people ought to be paying her a premium number 4 In your philosophical moments you might think are people generally honest now that question you could answer to yourself in a somewhat rhetorical sense or if you choose to discuss it with people you could use the gold standard of honesty as an example do people return lost wallets possibly the biggest exercise involving that standard was applied across the globe recently we're talking 17000 lost wallets in 335 cities across 40 countries and researchers discovered that people are more honest than they thought the wallets were all about the same a few business cards a key and a grocery list besides which some had the equivalent of about say 13 dollars in cash and others had no cash at all they discovered that in 38 out of 40 countries people were more likely to return wallets that had money across 40 countries 46% of the wallets which had no money were returned and even more surprisingly 61% of the wallets that had cash in them were returned the researchers were so astounded by the results they figured that maybe the cash wasn't enough to steal so they did a follow up study they did what they call a big money study in three of those countries the us the uk and poland and this time 
they added the equivalent of $100 in the wallet. This time round, 72% of the wallets were returned. Basically, people were more likely to return the wallet if it contained a higher amount of money. Now, while all these figures are average return rates across all the countries in the exercise, there was a pretty wide difference country by country. So, the more affluent countries return wallets far more often. Switzerland, Norway, Netherlands, Denmark and Sweden returned the highest percentage of wallets. While China, Morocco, Peru, Kazakhstan and Kenya returned wallets at the lowest rate. The United States came out in the middle of the pack. All the researchers aren't sure what specifically drives people to return lost wallets. Basic human empathy is a huge reason. Another is that people don't want to think of themselves as thieves. Basically, if you lose your wallet when you're traveling abroad, broadly, there's more than a 50% chance that you'll get it back if you're traveling in the right country. There's no data about India itself in this study, but we're assuming the chances of your wallet coming back are a lot slimmer. Number 3 the much-anticipated Tamil film, Adai, starring Amala Paul, is set to release next month. And the teaser that came out last week is already quite a sensation. The video of that teaser has a whole bunch of crass comments that follow it because even though Amala is being lauded for her performance already, there's a shot in the teaser where she seems to have no clothes on. Now, that teaser also had a brief shot of a phone number saved under the name Amma. Now, given how some men's minds work, after seeing a teaser which has a woman with no clothes as well as a phone number, they cannot help but call it and the line between curiosity and harassment got crossed. So Sarithran, a radio jockey with a local radio station, decided to give those guys a taste of their own medicine. He pulled a bunch of prank calls on the harassers, got them on the line and called out their bad behaviour. A whole bunch of excuses and apologies started rolling out. One of the callers earnestly requested Sarithran to not make it public because if his family got to know, there would be problems at home. Another guy blamed it on his four-year-old kids, saying they were watching nursery rhymes on his phone and he had no idea how the call got made. A bunch of others, when they were threatened with a police complaint, either sounded ashamed, apologised profusely or cut the call. Another one was an advocate. When he was asked why he was calling that number at odd hours, said that he basically wanted Amala Paul's number, then he apologised and then abruptly hung up. Given that the teaser itself is creating so much buzz, we can't wait to see the drama unfold when the film finally opens. Number 2 when you think about the world's cult rock bands, Pink Floyd would come up very high on that list. A large part of that has to do with David Gilmour as guitarist and co-lead vocalist of the band. And you can imagine the guitars he's collected and played on along the way. That collection went up on auction recently at Christie's. And the lead up to it was pretty much the auction house version of a rock concert. The 126 guitars were essentially the largest and most comprehensive sale of guitars ever put up at auction. In the time leading up to the auction, the guitars themselves went on tour and over 12,000 people attended their viewings in London, New York and Los Angeles. Online, more than half a million people viewed the catalogue on Christie's site and by auction time, more than 2,000 bidders from 66 countries had pre-registered to bid for the guitars. On the auction day itself, the queue to get into the auction room was so long, Christie's had to open up more space at the last minute and the desire to own a piece of rock history was evident as soon as the first guitar was auctioned. A 1966 Fender Stratocar had a value estimated at ten to $15,000. It sold for more than $400,000. The guitar he had played in Wish You Were Here and Shine On You Crazy Diamond had a top estimate of $20,000 but went for over a million dollars. To be clear, this is just for the guitars. It's not like David Gilmer came with them to give you a private concert. The guitar 
be used for some of the recordings for another brick in the wall went for close to 2 million and was the record holder for the most expensive guitar ever sold for a couple of hours at least until the last piece came along and that was the black strat which was an integral part of the recordings for pink floyd albums through the 70s like the dark side of the moon wish you were here and the wall that piece set a new world record and went for just under 4 million dollars look it probably helped that david gilmore announced a day before the auction that the money raised was going to the environmental organization client earth which is now going to receive 21 and a half million dollars thanks to the rock legend but honestly i don't think the buyers were there to save the environment number 1 And finally, Donald Trump, who has his hands full dealing with Iran and North Korea at the same time, has another little problem crop up at home. Ravelry, which is a popular knitting social media website, has banned support for President Donald Trump on its platform, accusing his administration of propagating open white supremacy. The site has users sharing ideas and projects about knitting and textiles, but clearly people share other stuff too. So the site has decided that they will remove users if they express support for Trump. Okay, these are not small numbers. We may be talking about arts and crafts, but the site is used by hundreds of thousands of people each month, and they have over a hundred thousand Twitter followers. They make it clear that they aren't supporting Democrats nor banning Republicans, and users are free to have whatever political opinions they like. But if they are Trump supporters, they should simply not express it on Ravelry platforms. They made it clear that politics is different from intolerance and hate groups, and there is no place for that kind of stuff on their site, especially Trump. When the sweet, docile people of a knitting circle. start getting upset with the president of a country you have to believe that his days and power are numbered leaving you to think about what it takes for your usually shant friends to get really really pissed off it's a rap on jaldi five for today keep our chosen topics in mind so that you can be the interesting one in any conversation you engage in we'll have to hear from you so please note jaggu uses jagguism on insta and twitter and across social i'm at tarana raja you can get in touch also you could email feedback to jukebox@bookmyshow.com and don't forget to follow bookmyshow on facebook instagram and twitter for all the updates on movies events and theater gigs also do check out our longer order show called the odd couple also available right here on book my show a new episode will be out on friday until next time i am jaggu and i'm tarana okay bye 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 jaldi five with jaggu and tarana exclusively on book my show where all you got to do is hashtag just press play